Uh, welcome to this week's Riff Raff News, and this week we'll be having an update on what's happening in the Middle East. And we'll also be taking a look at the fact that wages have now overtaken inflation in the UK for the first time in two years. So uh, we, we spoke last week, didn't we, Guy, about um, mm. uh, the major news stories, obviously what's happening in the Middle East. And a number of things have, have taken place since then, namely that the uh, Israelis have been shelling different areas of Gaza um, and have hit a number of different places in pursuit of what they say are Hamas terrorists. And of course, last night we had this um, dreadful bombing of the Baptist Hospital, which is apparently a Christian hospital in, in Gaza City, where hundreds of people have been killed many of them supposedly sheltering from from their own residential areas to to live temporarily in the car park of this hospital because they thought that they'd be safe in terms of um, no shells or, or nothing falling on a hospital itself. And, and sadly, they've been proven wrong. The, the Gaza Health Ministry have said that um, 471 Palestinians have been killed in this particular blast. And obviously there are various other figures that are being bandied about because um, some people don't take the Gaza Health Ministry at face value and, um, and we okay. will probably never know um, the exact figure as to, as to those, those poor people who've lost their lives. Um, there's a debate going on as to who is responsible for this and we'll, we'll sort of come on to that in a minute because I think there's some things that we can say, we can speculate, as you've probably seen in the media, there's loads of speculation going on and people seem to want to come down on one side or the other, depending upon what your political persuasion is. I'm not talking about party politics here, but in terms of, you know, there's a there's always been a, a, a pro-Palestinian element in this country and a pro-Israeli element, and, and never the twain shall mix, and, and they, they've come down on where you would expect them to. So following on from that, the other things that have happened over the last week is there there are still 200 hostages, supposedly the Israeli hostages held in Gaza um, by Hamas. And uh, that again has been the subject of some conversation as to whether uh, back channel negotiations are going on to get those hostages released in, in respect of also releasing some Palestinian prisoners that are held in Israeli jails. Um, the utilities to Gaza, gas, water, electricity, have ostensibly been switched off by the Israelis. And so we're now facing a situation supposedly where um, the hospitals and other areas that, that have got enough power to run their generators for another 24 to 48 hours but the whole thing then turns into a, a, a human catastrophe in that regard. And, and a lot of the UN have been talking about that in terms of getting uh, getting aid in and getting that, that switch back on again, which I think is probably something that um, uh, uh, negotiations are, are working towards. And, and into this quagmire um, flies Joe Biden, who's arrived this morning into Jerusalem, ostensibly to try and restrain the Israelis in their response, but also to try and get 
some sort of um, agreement between Arab leaders in the region and the Israelis as to how we can cool the temperature and, and move things um, and move things backwards. There was a meeting scheduled to take place today, actually, in Iman, Amman, which is the capital of Jordan, between Biden and, and Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian Authority leader, Egypt's Abdul Fattah al-Sisi and King Abdullah of Jordan. But that, as a result of this bombing, has been cancelled um, because straight away they apportioned blame towards the Israelis and uh, the Arab street wouldn't have allowed them to uh, uh, to take part in this, this meeting. There had been protests all around the Arab world as far afield as places like Turkey, albeit to a lesser degree, um, in, in support of the Palestinians and against the Israeli action. So wh where where are we in terms of um, what we can safely say? Well, I, I would say that um, that this particular issue was, was an accident. It, I, I find it difficult to understand why either Israel or um, uh, Islamic Jihad, or for that matter Hamas, um, would either look to be, in one instance, bombing their own people, or in the other instance, bombing a hospital um, on the eve of the arrival of the US president in town. Seems to me to be quite a, um, a ridiculous thing to do. So I think it was an accident. There's, there's um, footage that the BBC is showing that are suggesting that they think it was uh, uh, the likelihood is that it was um, a munition that went wrong that was fired by Islamic Jihad. But I don't whether we'll ever know where, uh, whether it's right or wrong. I don't know. Um, and as I said, there were protests breaking out, so they've got to try in some manner and calm the situation. And and I was looking what you know Biden's flown into this, and he <laughs> I don't know whether you've seen any of the footage, but he he looks a little bit the worse for wear. Bless him, eighty year old man who's um, who's flying around the world, and he's got so much on his plate at the moment, isn't he? What with what's going on in Ukraine, um, the 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 building pressure in terms of what's happening in the South China Seas with Taiwan, and now he finds this at his uh, at his feet. Um, It'd be interesting to see what happens with regard to him bringing pressure to bear to get presumably uh, the Israelis to back off a little bit. So um, I, I made some notes as to what I thought he was he maybe was hoping to achieve and I guess one of the things he's looking at is to get the border open to allow foreign nationals um, including Americans to leave Gaza and that's predominantly uh, in the south of Gaza, which is the Egyptian border. There is an Israeli border territory there as well that, that's monitored by the Israelis, but they need to get that open. Uh, they need to get that open to allow the Egyptians and the international community to bring in humanitarian aid as well. He's probably trying to work out what he is exactly that Israel's planning. Um, to work out what 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 they'd intended on doing before he's arrived and whether he agrees with that and they've got a two battle groups now haven't they the Americans in the Mediterranean off the uh, off the Israeli coast um just mm. sitting there waiting in case presumably in case there are any outside actors involved 
uh, and, and people keep talking about a proportionate response. Um, quite what that amounts to, I don't know. What is a proportionate response? Is it you know one, one, almost an eye for an eye, or I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, and what, uh, on the flip side of that, almost what what are, what are the Israeli government's objectives? Again, I, I've got that they. They're looking to free the hostages. They're, they're looking to neutralise or obliterate Hamas. Now, how you would do that, I don't know. If if you look at Hamas, they've been the ruling party in uh, Gaza virtually since the Israelis left in 2005. And they're, they're woven into the fabric of society there in that they run everything. They, they run all the social welfare schemes, uh, uh, people work for them. It's like part of the, almost like a civil service. Um, so <laughs> I'm not quite sure how they're intent on doing that. Um, one of their other objectives, obviously, is to ensure that nothing like what happened last week can ever happen again. Um, they've got a big problem with satisfying their public opinion internally, uh, especially Netanyahu <laughs> politically. I think the chances of him not being toast once this is all over and done with is um, he's in very thin margins. Um, so he's depends what he's got in mind, really, whether he's he's whether he's got the best of the country's interests in mind or whether he's just trying to save his own political skin. Um, they're looking to maintain relations with other Middle Eastern nations because at the moment they've been blown up in the air, haven't they? They're, the agreements they've got with Egypt and Jordan, um, uh, and the, the some of the Gulf states, and and they were looking to sign something else with Saudi Arabia, which is what we spoke about last time. Um, and on a, you know, you turn it really negative. They're trying to avoid additional fronts with Hezbollah in the, in the north, and and Iran, um, uh, Syria. Uh, there, there's a number of different players. Who could get involved, which would mm. make the thing a lot worse. So now, what 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 are your views on that? What are your thoughts? Well, there's, there's a lot there, isn't there? Mm. Lot to unpack, uh, isn't there? Yeah. The, the the well, if I think about, um, I think about well, what what are um, Netanyahu or now what is now a coalition government's um, objectives, and then what have they done? Mm. Um, the the one thing that that I am and maybe maybe I've missed it. The one thing I don't quite understand is why um, uh, they insisted that a million occupants mm. of northern Gaza would relocate. Mm. Well, relocate's a little bit of a rich word, but yeah. would literally flee to the mm. south. And what is it about the north that's particular, makes it a particular target, other than it's the closest part to... Um, yeah. Israel. Uh, so that's that's never been explained, um, or is it that that's where the they think that Hamas reside? But if they did, Hamas aren't going to stay there, knowing they're <laughs> going to be blown to oblivion and probably no. uh, in, in, invaded, if that's the right expression, mm. uh, by ground troops. So that that I don't quite understand. No, um, because they they're, they're busy raising it to the ground, aren't they? Yeah. 
It is a peculiar uh, question that's not really been answered, is it? And and you would think that Hamas would just up and move to the south. Yeah, well, exactly. With, with the rest of the population, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, and then once they've raised the north to the ground mm. and they've searched the tunnels and they've established that there are people there or not, what do they then do? Mm. Do they say to the people in the south, right, you can come back now, oh, but sorry, you've got nowhere to live? Yeah. Or, or So that, that to me just doesn't make an awful lot of sense. I know war doesn't make sense, but... That, so, so in terms of the objective of doing that, I'm struggling. Mm. Uh, and if I look at what their objectives are of the whole idea of military action, I think you start with that natural, and we talked about this last week, that natural desire for revenge. Mm. It's a bit like France coming across the Channel and doing this to Kent yeah. or something, isn't it? You yeah. know, you, you'd want to go and do the same over there it's a natural human reaction so let's just let's say they've done that bit because over 2,000 Palestinians and probably nearer to three have been killed mm. um, and then what's the next objective as you said get the hostages back but but you're not going to find them are you you're not and the chances are that many of them will be killed yeah if they're located and so so surely that has to be by some sort of trade-off by some sort of negotiation you but you can't fallen. negotiate in this environment. No. What? So uh, quite interesting. They're short to, sorry, and the third thing is, mm. once you've done that, then this stated objective of eliminating Hamas, I'm afraid it's not going to happen. No. And, it's and just not going to happen. Look at it, it's not going to yeah. happen, is it? Because even if you were to, um, for want of a better phrase, behead the, the organisation now and take out all of its top leaders... Mm. You'd just get the next generation stepping exactly. up, wouldn't you? Really? Exactly. Um, no, it, it, it. You do wonder how much of this is for public consumption, yep. and how much is serious debate as to what. Um, I mean, I did. I did read the other day. One of the more interesting facts about this was that um, there was a there was a supposedly, and obviously you take all these things at face value, but there was a, a supposedly a split within the Hamas leadership as to those who wanted to do what they've done and those who felt that um, it well, was it was politically and and you know it was a step too far to be killing yeah, you, civilians. You, that's not a surprise. No, and and and. Even even after it had all happened, there was still this split between the 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 doves, if you like, in the Hamas leadership. Although none of them, I'm sure, would be seen to be want to be seen as doves, but the doves in the Hamas leadership, who who wanted to release the hostages and and send them back, and the hardliners who have obviously held sway, who've who've held on to them, so. Looking logically on that, would would you then, would you then, if you were if you were negotiating or if you're trying to negotiate via back channels, wouldn't you then be trying to speak to those elements of of Hamas, albeit how you know how how distasteful you find it, those elements that are more moderate, who might be able to get the hostages released and might be able to do some sort of deal there I, I mean I was thinking I was wandering around on my walk today and it's not 
it's not the same. None of these things are ever identical. And we talked last time about um, the Northern Ireland thing, and I appreciate that. But even in even in the Arab-Israeli, um, the Arab-Israeli-Palestinian-Israeli uh, year since 1948, you look back to the the relationship between Israel and the PLO. You know, you go back to Munich, where they they killed all all their athletes at Munich. Do you remember the PLO were involved do, yeah. there? Um they eventually came to a you know, they came to an, an a, a settlement with them and uh Yitzhak Rabin and Yasser Arafat, you know, the Camp David Accords with, with Clinton where they signed you know, they signed an an agreement and that became the Palestinian Authority. So Eventually, there are elements of these organisations that can be brought in from the coal because you're quite, you know, you're quite right. I think in what you're saying that I don't think there's a, there's going to be that they're not going to be able to get rid of them altogether. Even if they went into exile, they're still going to be there. They're still going to be supported by Iran and Syria and other outside players. So I think it's it's um, I say that that's for for public consumption. Um, the other thing you talk about in terms of moving people south as well, it does seem bizarre, doesn't it? It does seem totally um, uh, counterintuitive that, that, they, that they think just by moving people around. I mean, the, a lot of the Palestinians seem to think that this is a, a almost like a forced exodus, that they're trying to force them into Egyptian territory and... and retake Gaza because it was under Israeli rule until 2005 so um, it would be interesting to see what what happens there so what do you think the Americans will be doing what, what's your view and what, what Biden and Blinken will be doing I think um, other than showing support which was obviously their default position uh, I think uh, they'll be doing exactly what you said earlier they'll be um, certainly Blinken will be encouraging negotiations behind the scene mm. to restore peace and calm because from America's point of view this certainly doesn't help them at all no. uh, um, so that's that's what I think they'll be doing and just going back to hostages so the way I'm processing this is that uh, in the last sort of go back 10, 20 years what we've seen from hostages is they tend to serve two purposes uh, one is just to inflict terror upon people in the way that we saw with ISIS, where hostages are um, regularly um, beheaded mm. and those uh, films shared. And that's just horrific. There's no reason to do it. It's just mm. entirely horrific. And the second thing is, is to get something in return. So my assessment is that uh, Hamas has already done the horrific. They can't get more horrific mm -hmm. than what they did to um, the the children, the kids, the elderly in the you know when they when they came over the border. So if they've already done that, then my assumption is they they've kept those two hundred hostages for a reason. If they've thought it through, and that's either to 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 be as a sort of negotiation tool to calm things down and which is odd because why would they have stirred mm. it up in the first place mm. or to get release of some of their 
their prisoners and and um, Netanyahu has done these exchanges in the past, hasn't he? Quite, he has. he'd be quite generous with the ratio as well. Yeah, yeah. I was hearing the other day. The one, so the one the, soldier. Uh, Galit, yeah. was it? I think that they exchanged yeah. for a thousand or a thousand. Or that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So maybe that's what they were thinking. Mm. I'm not sure how many um, prisoners that, that, that they have. So that's that's a sort of a. It's feeling quite a small part of it now. But mm. um, but to answer your question, yes, I think the Americans will be hastily trying to encourage parties to come to the table. Uh, but in the meantime, when things like this happen, like what happened last night if emotions are just flying mm. off aren't they mm. um, and it's it's difficult to see a situation where those negotiations would be um, cordial calm mm. and clear you know clear clear minded uh, right now and uh, as much as I hope they come to a conclusion um, I'm you know I I can't see it happening in the short term in no. the meantime I am I am concerned about two million Palestinians living under these horrendous conditions. Mm. And, you know, I don't think you can measure eye for an eye, no. but it does feel that the eye for an eye has happened mm. Mm. Uh, uh, with with the death and hardship. That's And surely we've got to open up humanitarian, uh, hum, humanitarian corridors, yeah. humanitarian supplies... You can't let um, hospitals run out of medicine. You know, just just normal things like yeah. uh, you know we both take things as part of our normal daily health. Yeah. You imagine not being able to do that. Just yeah. just imagine that. It I mean it's, it's it's a disaster, isn't it? In all sorts of on all sorts of levels. I mean, you you asked last time we were we were discussing this on the pod, and I think this is the the question that people are sort of. Um, toying with is is why what was the what well, was the intent of Hamas and I, I'm beginning to wonder whether the int, whether Hamas's intent was just to get this issue back on the world stage because rightly or wrongly everybody's talking about it again aren't they everybody's everybody's talking yeah. about the, the the way that Gaza was cut off and the way that them the Netanyahu regime have treated it. I mean, it, 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 it it's um, maybe that was their objective. What a, what a foul way to go, you know, a, about it. But maybe that was their intent. Maybe that's yep. where they maybe that's where they're coming from. But it'd be interesting to see dear old um, dear old Biden uh, in his press conference talking about the other team this morning. He seems to be a little bit the worse for wear after his... Uh, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I think we're used to Joe's slip-ups, aren't we? Mm. Literally. Um, and people yeah. sort of tolerate it now, I think. Yeah, his heart's in the right place. I, I agree, I think it is. Flying all the way over there as, a, as an 80-year-old man and what have you. So um, uh, I'm sure most people's thoughts, wishes and prayers, if that's your inclination, are are with him and we'll keep a keep a close eye on, on on what's happening. So Sean, on matters um, closer to home, I thought we'd take yeah. a look at uh, is the the squeeze on the cost of living easing? Ah, something uh, lighthearted. Something that yeah, <laughs> something lighthearted. Uh, and the sort of headline of this really, which 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 is the reason to spark this conversation, is that uh, wages have overtaken the rate of inflation 
uh, for the first time in a couple of years. Mm. So in the theory, at the high level, it means that, um, yes, things are more expensive, but as we're earning more, we shouldn't be that bothered about it mm. um, uh, now. So that's that's great in theory until you <laughs> unpick it a little bit. A couple of percentages, we love to, well, I do, I love to anchor things in fact. So wages rose at an annual rate of 7.8%. Mm. And when I say that, you know, that just sounds colossal, doesn't it? If you think about wage growth historically, ever since we've worked, it just sounds crazy. Um, But that's sort of over a 12 month period based on the last quarter's data. So that's that. Um, Now, that's higher than average inflation, which today, uh, uh, as of Wednesday, has been confirmed at 6.7%. Basically, it hasn't moved. Mm. So in the last 12 months, prices have gone up by that. Um, and although that was expected to drop, but unfortunately, higher energy costs have kept it at 6.7. So um, now the thing to remember, of course, is that the wage growth figure is an average. So it doesn't mean that the cost of living is falling for everyone. And as I keep banging on about, wage inflation is gross. You don't get all that 7.8% because you have to pay your taxes, your national insurance, your pensions, and if you're a student or post-grad, your student loans. So mm. so you might only be seeing half of your wage growth. And it, it frustrates me that that's never picked up in any of the commentary around yeah. this subject. Yeah. I don't know if, you, if you've clocked it, but... Mm. Yeah, yeah. The other, I mean, the, 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 one of the other things that I, I mean, uh, not only that, but we, I think we've established, haven't we, that this, it, this won't um, generally make anybody feel better off because it's such no. a, and over the course of the last two years, um, pay uh, settlements have been well below the rate of inflation generally so yeah it's a catch-up scenario yeah that's true that is true that the is other true. thing that i think there is yeah. there are worries and maybe you were coming on to this there were worries about are that there's a suggestion that um having seen this as as pay inflation that the bank of england will be looking again at whether they need to raise interest rates at the next round which yeah they absolutely yeah. will which, yeah, I am coming on to it. Sorry, but you no, are coming, yeah, no, no, yeah, not at all. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. So, yes, it's, it's it feels good until somebody says, aha, but um, Mr. Bailey and his crew uh, won't share our joy. Um, I think the other interesting thing, if you like stats, there is a gap between public and private sector pay. Mm. Uh, public sector pay hasn't risen by 7.8. It's risen by 6.8. Um, So, in in simple terms, that means that if you're in the private sector, your pay's gone up more in the public sector. But we have to remember that the public sector have, on the whole, much better pension arrangements. And they're all working from home. So, uh, that's... uh, When I used used to work at the the, um, civil service, we had... The press used to call it gold-plated pension arrangements. Do you feel like you had a gold-plated yeah, pension arrangement? Absolutely, gold-plated. Ah. Yeah, I, I, I think it. I think it was one of these. If you were, if you joined the civil service in the nineteen seventies, and you were one of the, uh, you know, one of the people who'd been a Mandarins lifelong, exactly one of the Sir Humphreys, then you do very well out of it. Thank you very much. But your average guy in an office in. In, in Bristol or Birmingham or I've used just the, your average civil servant 
they're not on gold-plated pensions they're not on the there's none of this um you know sailing off into the sunset it's it's a bit of a joke really and 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 nowadays as well if you're joining the civil service say in the last 10 years you're looking at money purchase schemes you're not looking at, at the final salary final salary you, uh, no. you know in, no. the, in, in the, the twilight of <laughs> i thought if i wound you up you'd yeah. go off on one so thank you. just yeah. just just checking you were listening yeah yeah uh as, if, as as you'll know, and, you know, this is a bit harsh, but it's true, as often the case when you break down these wage rises, people in finance and business services saw the largest rises, mm. followed by those in manufacturing. And, and it, I, you know, we just stumbled in our, into our careers in finance, if uh, mm. that's another pod altogether. But, but it, it is a fact, uh, rightly or wrongly, financial services pay much better um, and that's just an interesting thing about how good is competition in financial services. Yeah. But uh, yeah. poacher turn, turn gamekeeper there. Can I ask you a question um, about this actually? Yeah. In, in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. it almost feeds into what we were we, we've been we've been talking about for a while. Of does this include um, this figure for wage inflation? Yeah. Does yeah. it does it include bonuses, one-off bonuses? Uh, it should do. Hmm. Yeah. Because that's not technically, I mean, it should do in one sense, but it's not going to be there next year, is it? So it'll, it, it, it's not technically speaking. Yeah, yeah but unfortunately, mind. or fortunately, depending on which side of the fence you sit, bonuses has now become part of annual remuneration. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's expected, whereas, you know, when we were kids, there was no bonus. You might get your Christmas bonus, 50 mm. quid, but, but, but these sort of five, ten... 50%, 100% bonuses in some jobs. Uh, see, I was lucky. I worked for one of the banks that used to have profit share. Did you not have profit share? In your... Not until much later in my career, no. Uh, see, we, we were getting quite a substantial um, annual mm. payment. Yeah, well over, in those days, over £1,000. Really? For the year, which was very nice. Well, King's really. Ransom back in the day. Yeah, I mean, you could either take yeah. it as, at that time, you could either take it as pay or you could get even more if you took it as um, as a stockholding Sh- shares. Yeah. Yeah. And tax-free, wasn't it, if you yeah, treat absolutely. it right? Yeah. I that digress. was a lot in yeah. days, wasn't it, Sean? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it was a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, where do we... Oh, yes. So... Uh, I mentioned inflation at 6.7% and before, you know, we might all want to dance for joy and all the rest of it, but it's worth remembering it's way above three times higher than the Bank of England's target. Mm. So I'm not sure if Mr Bailey's on performance-related pay, but no. he's missing that one. But um, and, and worth remembering, you've already referred to this, that the Bank of England held cost of borrowing at 5.2% last month. And some analysts are saying they don't think he'll, he'll raise it any further, whereas others are saying there's one more rate rise to go, but they always say that. Um, but uh, nevertheless, most experts think that the bank rate will remain higher quite a while, the so-called higher for longer principle, yeah. uh, which is a bit grim if your fixed rate mortgage is coming to an end this year or next year. Mm. So. That's and I'll talk about that in a second. So and back politi- to your point yeah. about the Labour. Go on, no, go on. Yeah. Go on. I was going to say politically, um, mm. it's not looking good for one of the uh, one of the five. Was it five? Five key targets or, or priorities? It, it is because 
whilst bank rate will remain high, the actual inflation rate, which was Sunak's, I'm going to halve inflation mm. by the end of the year, the only metric, if we recall, that had a smart objective, inflation itself is expected to reach the half target of five point something or other. Is it? So he's going to get that one. We've been we've been reading different yeah, analysts in that respect because they the, the the ones that I was reading were suggesting that the um, that the 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 upset in the Middle East has already had an effect on on. Okay, um, no, that's prices. true. Yeah, so I'd, a fair point mm. that um, you know if that doesn't um, come back to us, particularly on um, fuel prices. Mm. Because you always obviously go on to everything else, and uh, there is a risk. So th that is a fair point. That that, that could be in jeopardy. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about your point about um, pay and what the Bank of England might do with the bank rate, because mm. it does impact so many people in their mortgage rate. Um, the what might save the day, and the reason they might not uh, keep rates higher or higher for longer or increase them is because the market itself, the labour market, is showing signs of easing. So vacancies have dropped 43,000 uh, in the last quarter. Is this the okay. economically, uh, what was, what's the terminology? Just vacancies. So job vacancies yeah. in the economy, there are fewer vacancies. No, I under understand that, but okay. it's, it's the old farts getting back to work, is it? It's you and I going and being barristers. Uh, is it, right? it is. Oh yeah, it's probably that. Um, Economically, but inactive, I think it's isn't it? yeah. Sorry, forgive me. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> we have nine hundred eighty-eight thousand vacancies, mm. uh, but that's still one hundred seventy thousand above those number of vacancies seen before the pandemic. Right. So I think it's. I actually think vacancies has reduced because firms have stopped recruiting. So they've actually reduced their demand. Mm. And that's a response to people tightening up their belts. Mm. But the other reason they've reduced is what you've just said, is the economically inactive have had no choice but to go back to work, whether that be full-time or part-time. Mm. Um, but what that means is the labour market itself is, is overheating less so that makes the Bank of England less inclined to keep rates higher on that particular measure. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so they're going. People are going back yeah. of their own accord without having to be incentivised in terms of higher wages to do so. Is that what you're saying? I I would say that um, they're going back of own accord because they're not daft. You know, if they're struggling to make ends meet. Uh, out of their savings or their mm. pensions or whatever it is, they'll go back to work. Uh, I I think the higher pay rates help and the increase in minimum wages help. It's it's a mixed bag of reasons why people go back to work. Mm. But net net, there are more people in work now than there were before. Yeah, before the pandemic. No, not before the pandemic, no. but before we last spoke about this. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's still it's still uh, it's still 170,000 vacancies are still 170,000 more than before the pandemic, and I would imagine there's still 700,000 people, less people working or fewer people, I should say. And those those um, vacancies, does it break down in which sectors they are? I presume it's hospitality. It and does, and have that in yeah. in front of me, but yeah. but it's it. Sometimes you can just see it as you go about your business. You, you can see where the pinch points are. Yeah. 
yeah. when your bus is cancelled or, or the train doesn't go because the driver hasn't turned up. Yeah. Or uh, you can't get a pint. Well, quite. I, I would have thought that, you, albeit that, um, you know, they're still involved in this dispute, aren't they? I would have thought that there wouldn't have been many vacancies in terms of train drivers because their their salaries in general were uh, in, in comparison yeah. are relatively good, aren't they? You would have thought that would have been yeah. And all boys, you know, in my day, you wanted to be a train driver, didn't you? That was one of the um, steam engine shops. What it was all about. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to be a stoker. <laughs> that was on Casey Jones, wasn't it? The one that used to shove the coal in. Yeah. That's of right. The, of the yeah, and for a bonus point, what was the name of his assistant? I'll let you think about that. Steaming and a rolling. Casey Jones, you yeah. never have to guess. When you hear... That's the, it. It's Casey at the throttle of the Cannonball Express. What was his... What was his... I oh, know, I can't remember his assistant. What was his... No. No, we'll, we'll leave that as a, a, a an open question on the pod. Can I finish my analysis? You or can, are you yeah, going to start on. singing again? Yeah. You've got to stop. That's the fourth pod in a row. You start, start I've got singing. my fans out there. Well, one anyway. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the sort of it, what's going on with inflation. It's, it's worth a quick word about triple lock because... Mm. That's been in the news quite a lot in the last month or two. Yeah. It's a real headache for the Chancellor because you will, you'll recall that the triple lot relates to the state pension. And that uh, goes up uh, in terms of the greater of CPI inflation or or 2.5% or average wage rises. Mm. <laughs> and therefore, at the moment, average wage rises is winning at 7.8%. Yeah. And this is enshrined in law. And, you know, a few um, pension secretaries, working pension, have tried to sort of out of it. Melstride is sending a few signals. Apparently, they're trying to save a couple of billion by claiming that the part of the recent nurses and teachers settlement, which included a bonus, was a one-off and therefore shouldn't be included in the 7.8% and should deducted because I should have added that this quarter's results is the one that sets the uh, triple lock. So so yeah. it's all a little bit smoke and mirrors and it all feels a bit of a con to the uh, OAPs. Yeah. But that's that's what was uh, mooted this morning. That's not going to go about down that? well, is it, with the... Because um, they're predominantly... Uh, well, they have been in the past historically predominantly conservative voters, these pensioners, haven't they, in the home counties especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not going to go down well if, if Mel... I was looking for something like Thatcher, Thatcher, Milk Snatcher, but Mel Stry, yeah. pension wide boy, or whatever, I don't know. But he, he's going to come yeah. along and, and take some of their um, hard-earned yeah. booty yeah. away. It's not going to attract them to vote Conservative at the next election? No, but um, you could argue that um, the pensioner of today is not the pensioner of yesteryear and is quite likely to have uh, one or more pensions. And if they're not, they can apply for other support. Pension credit. So there is sort of some argument, some argument that um, the triple lock is too generous and maybe that's something we can come back to another time. 
uh, it's jolly costly, that's for sure. I suppose it depends where that money's going to be spent, doesn't it, uh, in, in political terms. Um, I mean, most people, I'm, I'm in the exception, but most pensioners will have children or grandchildren, uh, as in, in your case, where that money, if allocated, could help them in terms of getting a more, you know, bridging this gap between generations that we keep hearing about. But there's a suspicion from a lot of people, and I have to say I'm perhaps on the cynical side, that that money will just disappear into the Treasury. And what's worse is if it's being shown to be funnelled out at the other end in tax cuts to try and bribe the electorate to vote for them at the next election, which, um, you know, it's, it's yeah, interesting. That's, that could happen, but I think it's... I think it's highly unlikely we'll see any tax cuts, but that's the debate. Just, mm. just so people are aware, and this is, this is the reason this figure is is so important. It's important in itself the fact that uh, wages rises at seven point eight percent because that's potentially good news, uh, but it does have ramifications. And I'll round off just by some sort of some news about inflation, although it did s stay sticky. Um, there were some unders, so we had some overs on the petrol and fuel. There were some unders, and at some basic food and drink manufacturers, um, their prices started to fall mm. at the fastest rate for three years. Uh, Lloyds Bank, apparently, this is the source, they have a tracker, and they index this, uh, and they've seen this in the things that they measure. So and some what? of the supermarkets yeah. have said... But, but to be honest, uh, we've just done a weekly shop. You go around there and you, everything's. You think, my goodness, that's yeah. gone up a lot. Yeah. yeah. What should we be buying? And what are the what is what are the people at Lloyd's suggesting that we go and buy that has come down? Well, in what's price? come down? I'm mm. glad you asked me that because I knew <laughs> with your razor sharp analytical mind you would. You need to be going out there and buying milk, pasta, yep. and vegetable oil. Ah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? What can you make with milk, pasta and vegetable oil? I reckon you've got the beginnings of a carbonara there. Oh, you, you could have, yeah. Cream, isn't it, carbonara? Maybe you could shake your your milk for, for well, a Well, it depends, hours. you know, if it, it depends on... Cream's not good for you, so if you had no. that and maybe a bit of corn flour to thicken it up... Yeah, yeah. You could... Uh, you can have a, a carbonara, a, 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 a runny carbonara, a runner arm, a runner yeah. arm. Yes, but it all sounds very nice. And yeah, it's interesting that the, the pasta's coming down as well, isn't it? Because I thought that. Um, not brown pasta, though. Not that's brown, not, no. That's, Wheat no. From, whole, does, whole, yeah. Doesn't that come yeah. from. Isn't that the. the basket of Europe doesn't that come from Ukraine the wheat that makes pasta that's a good point actually wonder why yeah, that probably yeah. does yeah but uh, oh well that's interesting yeah so there we have it um keep an eye on this metric uh I'd still much prefer that inflation was lower and wages were lower but that's mm. I think a long way off a couple of years off if we're lucky well, that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed Riff Raff News. Please leave some comments on the app or on our Facebook page. And uh, please subscribe and then episodes will drop automatically into your podcast feed.